0: folks. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Playing Hookie Podcast. In this episode, Nate and I are going to talk about some yummy food we tried for the very first time, and we chat a bit about changes that we've made to our diets to live healthier lifestyles. Please remember that nothing discussed in this episode should be taken as medical or dietary advice. Everyone is different, and you should always consult with your doctor before making any changes to your diet. Thanks again for listening. We hope that you enjoyed the episode. Now let's get to it.
1: Welcome to the Playing Hookie Podcast with your hosts, Rachel and Nathan. Brought to you by UtilityMuffinLabs.com Consistently rated adequate.
0: Thanks for listening to the Playing Hookie Podcast. Got kind of a a, a slow intro there, but we p- appreciate you guys joining us. Nate, what are we gonna be talking about today?
1: So uh, interestingly enough, I did find out that there is a scenario wherein I am a little weird, and that's in the fact that I've never had Indian food before. Oh yeah, so, um, I don't know. I like to consider myself like quite the food fan. However, mm-hmm. I think I came late to the game. you know, I was kind of like, raised on box dinners and you know so my my exploration was pretty much like fast food that yeah. was you know when when you when your parents have like a little extra money they take you out to the local hot dog place or right. you know we didn't really often eat mcdonald's it was usually like local places and mm-hmm. the beefs and and the hot dogs and the pizza you know right. that, and where i grew up that's pretty common like every neighborhood's got like a little beef place or a little hot dog joint that you know you go to um, not a lot of fast food honestly but it, it's mostly the same stuff. Right. It's meat on bread. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? So um But
0: you you've had exposure to like Vietnamese food yeah. and Thai food. Uh, and
2: that was all as, as Mex- an adult.
0: Yeah, and in like good quality Mexican yeah. food. Yeah, so we we kind of took a, a little bit of a different path this week rather than consuming media, we consumed actual foods and so Um, For some time now, Nate and Mm. I have been watching, we'll we'll watch a YouTube video here or there while we're eating dinner, while we're just like relaxing for half an hour, 45 minutes in the evening. One of our favorites is Mikey Chen, who does Mm -hmm. the Strictly Dumpling um, channel. And if you guys haven't seen him before, go check him out, support him. Um, He's really fun to watch because he can eat a lot of food. Um, but the YouTube algorithm being what it is, you came across this other channel. We watched so much Mikey Chin that it kind of recommended another channel as well. Um,
1: Um, what was it called? The Bon Appetit channel. Bon
0: Appetit channel. So
1: yeah, um, I, I actually, I watch before we even, before we even met, Okay, I, I was watching a lot of, like I'm, I'm a fan of cooking Mm -hmm. in the abstract, like watching people cook or make like food and stuff like that. Actually,
0: me too. I really like cooking shows, and uh, competitions.
1: I like YouTube. Mm -hmm. I like YouTubers. I like, you know, like Binging with Babish. I I like Hot Ones. So like...
0: Yeah, Hot Ones is fun.
1: Food is like a weird thing that I never thought I would be entertained by. But because like food and culture Mm -hmm. is is really entertaining because you learn a lot about people. You learn a lot about an area. And I've always kind of, I've always felt like, I'm never going to travel anywhere. I'm never going to see anything. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, you know, living. I I guess a lot of people watch reality television for the same reason, right? Mm -hmm. They want that drama. They want that whatever it is, that little adventure. Well, I just want to eat food, (laughs) right? Food is like something to me it's 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 required a great deal of self-control to sort of give up a lot of foods because mm-hmm. like hoarders associate objects with memories mm-hmm. oftentimes i associate food with memories right well i i, really, I do too yeah. I, I think for a lot of people they do but And I don't know if necessarily I do more than anybody else, but, you know, it's like food makes you feel good. Yeah. Before some of it makes you feel really bad. Right. It makes you feel really good. Right.
0: So, but earlier I was saying we were watching a lot of food shows on YouTube, which... Not a new thing for you. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a new thing for me, because usually if I'm going to YouTube, it's to learn something or because right. I'm like well, interested in a specific thing, and I'll look for that specific yeah. thing on YouTube. There was a time when I subscribed to a lot of channels and watched regularly, but I, honestly, like once I got out of the habit of having to study between four to eight hours a day and taking little YouTube breaks, mm-hmm. I don't watch as much YouTube anymore. But anyway, that's besides the point. Yeah. Um, so we happened to kind of watch an episode of Bon Appetit one day, and it was all about Chicago-style hot dogs. And he went to a bunch of different places and ate a ton of different Chicago-style hot dogs in one day. And while we were watching the video, I was like, you know, I've never had a Chicago-style hot dog. Like, obviously, I've had hot dogs before. But, like, the whole idea of the Chicago-style hot dog, never had one. Yeah. Um, so Nate and I decided that a fun thing to do for this podcast would be um, Rachel Tries a Chicago-style hot dog, talks about it. And Nate has never, never had Indian yep. food. Um, and we were going to try that and so that's what we're going to talk about
1: so today. So I think that they're probably the reasons why we've never had th- those foods are probably different. Yeah. Right. So I, I would say for you not having a Chicago, uh, Chicago style hot dog is probably just region. Right. Right. Because it really is kind of just a Chicago thing and then occasionally you'll find like a Portillo's outside of Chicago or like some place that's like Chicago style mm-hmm. in a different state. But It's not, it's like in Chicago, I feel like only recently has it become common to call them Chicago style hot dogs. They were just called hot dogs. They were just hot dogs. Right. You know? Uh, And so like as food and culture have become more intermingled, Mm -hmm. um, I think it's become a a note of distinction, right? Right. Like a, a Chicago style hot dog. But growing up, I didn't know it was a Chicago style hot dog. It was just that's what it was it was you know it had specific ingredients Mm -hmm. that's that's what i assume yeah for you it's just
0: a regional
2: thing
1: for me i think the not trying indian food has been more of like an intimidation thing yeah right because you know discovering like vietnamese food and thai food and like a lot of asian food it's about like discovering new flavors and textures and smells and it's just like You know, when you're when you're kind of like a middle class white dude from from the working class from from Midwest Illinois, Mm -hmm. like you don't a lot of that stuff. Like the most exotic food that we'd ever get was like Chinese food growing Mm -hmm. up, and that's not even remotely Chinese. Right? It's just like Chinese American. And Mm so when you're like investigating and discovering, like you got to get over your own, you know, your own like walls that Mm -hmm. you're that are like keeping you
0: and Vietnamese and Thai food I think are pretty easy to bridge to Mm -hmm. because if you've had American style Chinese food and then you have actual Chinese food or even if you don't it's easy to kind of understand noodles and pho and you know pad thai and things like that and then you get your feet wet in those very common dishes and you can kind of branch out and explore things that are a little less common first page of the menu type stuff. Indian food South Asian food is is I think really really unique. Mm-hmm. Um you know um and and so since we're on the topic of Indian food, I'll kind of I'll kind of tell you about how I started to enjoy Indian food and then I'd love to hear your impression of it. And yeah. then maybe we can kind of flip back to the Chicago house style hot dog. You can tell the Sounds listeners good. like what actually is entailed in one. I'll go ahead and tell you a little bit about um how I got started in uh, Indian food. And when I say got started, I mean like how I came to enjoy it. I will say full disclosure, Indian food, South Asian food, not my favorite kind of uh, food. I do like it in certain circumstances and I do like it on some occasions. Um, so when I was young, it was really important to my mom that I try a lot of different types of foods. Uh Um, and she really enjoyed cooking and she liked cooking in different styles and exploring and experimenting. She never made like Indian food at home, but there were several occasions where we would go out to Indian restaurants and we would usually go, she and I would go out with some of her friends and, um, she kind of suffered from the same thing you did. She didn't really know what to order. Right. And so she would just try something different each time and i never liked it as a kid it was just it was too honestly like for lack of a better word it was too foreign to my palate um and like i i had decided when i was a kid that i didn't like it which is stupid because you don't like most things when you're a kid right your taste buds are really sensitive and you like what you you like a few things you like chicken you like french fries and that's you know you're good (laughs) macaroni
2: and cheese exactly
0: fish sticks and then you're done yeah uh so then in college i had a lot of friends that really liked indian food but again i didn't really know what to order i didn't know what i liked so i'd try different people's things and i'd end up having like some naan and some bread and some biryani and i liked a couple of those things it was okay but i was like never like if you were like hey let's go get indian food i'd be like i'm i'm good i'm good you guys go have fun like i'll i'll just hang out here um it was never something i sought out until i was actually overseas I was when I was working on my master's. I was overseas, and I was, like, doing research. And we were in a farmer's market area, um, and I I was in South Africa. So South Africa has, like, a pretty large um, population, I think, of South Asians, Indian folks. And we were at, like, a farmer's market one morning with the family that was hosting me and helping me get around the city. And there was a a stall there, and there was an Indian family, South Asian family, that was selling uh, samosas. And... I, uh, in my mind, I got samosa mixed up with mimosa, which is orange juice and champagne. And I was like, that's a weird thing to be selling at like six o'clock in the morning at this farmer's market. But, and then someone's like, no, 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 no. It's like fried. It's like a, like a pastry with potatoes and stuff inside. It's really good. And I, and like the line was crazy. Like there was like, there was all kinds of food stands, but this woman's line for the samosas was super long. And so the girl I was traveling with, she and I were like, all right, we, we got to get in this line because everybody's in this line. And oh, my God, like it was amazing. Like if you've never had a samosa, you don't know what they are. Google it. Look at the picture. But if you ever get the opportunity to go to an Indian restaurant and have a buffet or, or if it's on the menu, order it off the menu because it's a delightful little pocket ball of, of fried pastry on the outside, but on the inside, sometimes there's meat, but usually not. Most of the time that I've had them, they've been vegetarian, but they're just like this yummy potato that's spiced and delicious with all kinds of really complex spices. And I don't know if it was because it was so fresh or if she put something in it that was just hit me and right the, <laughs> right in the sweet spot in my, my taste buds, but it was amazing. And because it was so good, and so accessible because it's just basically like a fried thing. It right. was really, really <laughs> yummy. Who right. doesn't love a fried thing? And I was like, all right, well, I got to give this a second chance. Later that day, the family who was helping us drive us around took us to a grocery store. And the girl and I were, that I was traveling with, we were talking about like, okay, we're gonna be here for a couple weeks. We need to get some groceries. We're gonna like whatever, split the cost. And we were like, well, let's just check out the frozen food aisle and see what's there. And there were all of these like microwave dinners, right? And some of them were Indian food dishes. And she's like, oh, well, I've had this before. This is pretty good. And I was like, all right, I've tried a samosa today. And it rocked my world. Like, it was life-changing. I'm going to go ahead and just, you know, it's not expensive. I don't have to go to a restaurant and order a bunch of stuff. Like, I knew it probably wasn't going to be awesome. But I got a couple of TV dinners because I was open-minded at this point enough. And I was like, I'm going to get this and this and this. And I had one dish in a TV dinner Um, that was chicken korma Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and it was something I had never, I'd never had anything like it before. It was sweet and it was savory and it was so good. And I was like, I love this. And if I love this in a TV dinner, then I'm really going to like this when I go have it in a restaurant. Right. Right. So, you know, months later I was back in the States and, um, you know, ended up going out with someone to get Indian food. And I was like, we went to like a sit down restaurant and I was like, okay, I'm going to get chicken korma. And I got it, and it was even better than, when I obviously, when I had it in the TV dinner. And then from there, I found one dish accidentally that I really liked. And from there, I was able to go to buffets or go out and try new things right. and try different spice levels. Um, so, you know, other dishes I really like, I shared with you. So just to kind of set up the, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the tale of the evening. Nate gets off of work a couple days ago. And I was like, let's let's go get Indian food. Let's go to a buffet. And I'm not sure. I'd have to Google this, but I feel like there might have been some kind of holiday or mm-hmm. something going on because one of the best rated Indian buffets on a Saturday night in our area was closed and there wasn't really any reason yeah, why it was closed. The
1: hours on their door said they should have been open.
0: Yeah, and, and yeah. but the the restaurant itself wasn't closed. It was just like I mean like they weren't closed down permanently, mm-hmm. it didn't seem. But yeah, yeah. anyway, it was it was strange. So we were both starving and I was like, okay, here's what we're going to do. Like, let's just go to a sit-down Indian restaurant. We won't worry about the buffet. I'll order a couple of things that I really like and then that way you can try stuff that I like. And someday if you like that, we'll we'll go to a buffet and you can try lots of different things. Right. So we went to this place in Indy not too far from our house called Shalimar. Uh, people will debate with me whether that was the best choice or not, but that's where I wanted to go.
1: And also it was like super close. It
0: was super close to home, right? Um and you know, I had been there before and the service was good and the people were nice. Yeah. So um I I recommend it. Uh so we ordered I ordered a lot of food. We have leftovers. Yeah. Um, but I wanted him to be able to try several things. So we started off with some um samosas, vegetable samosas, we got garlic butter naan, we got the chicken korma, which I really like. We also got pollock paneer or sog paneer is another name you may have heard of it by. Um, and then we got, uh, what else? Some, some vegetable biryani. Mm-hmm. And then for dessert, uh, I ordered some gulab jamun because, um, I think that's the Indian desserts are so unique. Like they don't taste like any, the o- only other place, um, or kind of culture country that I've had desserts that are that sweet mm-hmm. is like Japanese and South Chinese pastries, Oh, my God. Or breads. I don't know. When they make breads or pastries, like mochi or soft buns, they're so sweet. They put so much sugar in them. Like, their bread it tastes like a dessert. Like yeah. So it's it's very, very sweet. Or anything with, like, red bean or adzuki, bean is so sweet. And this, this gulab jamun and, and a lot of Indian desserts I've had are just, like, punch you in the face sweet. Right. Where I think a lot of, like, Western desserts, like, uh, whether it's European or American, like, yeah, there's some sweetness. There's some sugar but we also like a good crust in our pie. We like our cake to be fluffy. We like our chocolate to be kind of bitter. Um, I think a lot of the desserts, Indian desserts and Japanese desserts, would just be way too sweet for a lot of, like, Western palates in a dessert. Mm-hmm. Right? So, anyway, that's kind of my story. That's kind of what we did. So, Nate, what was your impression?
1: Well, so the first thing when we got there, um, you uh, – they so they brought over, like, these, like, crackers, mm-hmm. right? And I was like – okay, well, I'm here, I'm eating, mm-hmm. and and what are the things that, like, kind I think of,
0: it's called Papadum, yeah, but I'm not exactly that's sure that's if I'm that, pronouncing
1: that's, it right. That's, I remember it being called that. So, um, anyways, one of the things, like, with kind of, like, my lifestyle change over the last year is kind of, um, I, we've given up, I've given up bread i've given up pasta i've given up rice i've given up a lot of things so it was kind of like a special treat because i knew going in i was like well this weekend's gonna be a a hot mess right because not only are we gonna
0: have hot dog buns at some point we're also gonna have rice right
1: and not only are we gonna have rice but we're gonna have french fries like that's gonna happen right so i was like okay basically we're just going to scratch this weekend. Mm-hmm. So I was like, fuck it. And I, you, you put crackers on the table and you give me permission to eat it. I'm going to eat it. Mm-hmm. I did not know what it was. But right. the one thing that struck me was, you know, it was kind of like this brittle crackery thing. And what struck me was how complex the flavor was. Right. You know, it's like, oh, you know, you, you have a saltine. It tastes like dough and salt. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know, it's not anything more than that. It's dough and salt. And this thing, you know, it, texturally, it was familiar, mm-hmm. but, like, the flavor complexity was totally different. And every bite that I took, you know, was was a little bit different. One would taste, like, slightly, like, herbaceous. One, one bite would taste a little salty mm-hmm. and, you know, and so, like... Right off, I was like, oh, this is very interesting. And then you ordered um, like a mango drink.
0: Oh, yeah. uh, We got a mango lassi because I wasn't sure how hot and spicy the food would be. And so I like to have one of those if if what I'm eating is really hot because it can kind of help cool your mouth down. But also, they're just freaking amazing. Yeah,
1: it was like I I wasn't really even familiar with like mango as a flavor. Mm -hmm. It's not really like a go-to for me. And I was like, oh, my God, this is really good. Mm -hmm. And it's really like... You know, kind of milky, and yeah. Um, so yeah, I definitely understand why it's like a a, a side item to mm-hmm. spicy food.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so then, you uh, you ordered the. Um, samosa the samosa yeah and so i was like oh a fried ball of delicious right. that, and i was like okay it's fried it's probably going to be really good yeah and it was lo and behold it was not abnormally it wasn't like oh this is a big surprise it was like yeah it's good people i've, I've heard people talk about them
2: mm-hmm.
1: and the whole time i'm going god there must be at some point i must have had some indian food right like how could i have gone this far mm-hmm. as an adult And, like, just been living in the world. Right. And not have had Indian food. And I was like, I've not, I've never had Indian food. I've never had anything Indian. And then, so, with the samosas, Mm -hmm. there's these chutneys.
0: Oh, the chutneys. They're, like, like my favorite part of the samosas. It's
1: like, and so, obviously, I'm I'm a big sauce guy. Right. I I love sauce. And I I am, I'm the type of person that I want to try new food. Mm Mm-hmm but I want to try it as it's intended to be eaten. Do
2: you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm.
1: If I go to a steakhouse and and the waiter or waitress is like, how do you want the steak? My tendency is to be like, you tell the chef, Mm -hmm. they make it how they want to make it, right? I want you, the chef, to build what you intended to build and present it to me. So I'm like, I'm gonna try all of these. And I'm like, each one was better and more complex than the other one. And that was the thing that really struck me. And why my time was so enjoyable with everything that I had. It was because, you know, we had like 10 different things. Mm -hmm. And everything that we had was different. Right. And not only was it different, it was uniquely flavored. Right. And the complexity of each dish... You know, it's like someone sets down a bowl of orange stuff and you're Mm -hmm. like, oh, it's just going to be like some orange stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, you you can taste as you eat it. You can taste like all the different spices and all the different like processes that were made. And I'll tell you, from eating them, you know, it's a lot of it is rice Mm -hmm. and sauces. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how does how could that not appeal to everyone? Like rice and sauce. Is, is, for lack of a better way to put it, the shit.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: At growing up, rice and sauce were, for a while, they mm-hmm. were like a staple of my diet. It was like rice and sauce and ramen, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So, you know, you know, obviously this is a much deeper thing, but we went in mm-hmm. and I was a little cocky.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I was like, I won't have any problem fucking eating this food, whatever. Because you were like, hey, you know, you're going to be very full. Mm-hmm. It was like... You know, so take your time. I'm ordering a lot of dishes. Because
0: I I wanted him to try a lot of different things. And since, unfortunately, we couldn't make it to a good buffet, I was like, I'm going to order a lot of different things. But they're going to bring us a lot of food. So just be prepared. Don't feel like you have to eat all of it.
1: Yeah. So uh, Indian food, the other thing that I noticed, and and this seems universal based on what I've watched on YouTube and, and other things. Indian food is presented in like these very small bowls Mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of small little bowls and a lot of small little dishes and like the dessert that you ordered Mm -hmm. like there's just two little balls Mm -hmm. and it's like you think like oh this is it and then like 10 minutes later you're like I need to go lay down because because it is like it's rices and it's like these thick, heavy sauces. And, and then
0: the naan. You're right. using the naan to eat the sauce as right. well. Which
1: was like garlic naan mm-hmm. was like no bullshit. One of the best things I've had. Mm-hmm. It was like, holy shit. I, I love garlic and obviously bread was a big uh, staple for me growing up. Um, but this was on like a different level. And and that's, that's really what I can take away from this. What I will say is there was nothing about the food that I ate that was remotely like a turnoff texturally or flavor wise. And what I, the impression that I got eating this food was very distinct. This, this is a food that comes from years and years of, of experimentation and interplay. And like, it became very clear to me why like British people are so obsessed with Indian food. Like obviously aside from like the imperialism, but like it's really complex and delicious. And like, it's, it comes from knowing like precisely when to add things to other things to get the proper like play of the flavor but yeah i gotta emphasize like i cannot hang when it comes to eating anymore yeah i used to uh i used to be able to sit down and i i would like i could eat for for days right Right. i could just pile it away and pile it away. It
0: became pretty clear after that meal that we're never going to have a channel like Mike Chen.
1: No, no. <laughs> like, like he has a talent. He has a skill that's uh-huh. been developed over many years. That is not something that I have any longer. Um, it turns out when you stop eating like a pig, mm-hmm. you come to a point where you can't eat like a pig anymore.
0: Right. So I have some questions for yeah. you. So first question is, um, well... What was your favorite thing that you had? We had the naan, yep. the gulab jamun, which was a dessert. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the
1: rice dish was my favorite. The biryani. Yeah. The, okay. So the biryani was my favorite, and I'll tell you why. Okay. It was my favorite because it was like a vegetable fried rice mm-hmm. that didn't have any meat, but was still like... One thing that I encounter a lot, sorry to, to you know, stray to no, come no, back, no. but one thing that I've noticed a lot is that in most circumstances, when I'm eating like American food or like American style food that's like vegetarian, Mm -hmm. is I find it rather uninteresting. Right. It's not, and, and this is nothing against anybody that eats vegetarian or, you know, cooks really good vegetarian style food. But just my very limited experience has been like, this is not going to be delicious mm-hmm. because it's missing a very crucial component. Well,
0: fucking it. India has figured out how to do vegetarian food over right, centuries right. and do it amazingly well. well. and that's,
1: that's the thing. It was like, not only was it... Millennia, it not even centuries, thousands wasn't of years. I was like, oh, this is good for vegetarian food. I was like, yeah. this is fucking delicious,
2: mm-hmm. period. Right.
1: Like, this is not like vegetarian done right. It's just like, this is how you have delicious food. It's how all vegetarian,
0: yeah, it's how all vegetarian food aspires to be.
1: (laughs) It is. And it was like, not only was it appealing to my mouth, but it was appealing to my eyes. Because like even the vegetables that they used in there were all very colorful Mm -hmm. and very vibrant. And like I have a thing for very fresh food, right? Mm -hmm. Like the way that we eat now, it's like it lends to... Looking for food that is fresh Mm -hmm. and vibrant and just really well seasoned because You're you're no longer ingesting lots of like trans fats and like preservatives and like a lot of those things Are designed to trick your brain into Mm -hmm. flavor, but they're not really good for you They're not really good foods, right and eating this I was like, oh my god, I'm so full This is the most beautiful delicious thing that I've had but Mm -hmm. I don't want that in any way to diminish the other things that I had because we had the dish with like the spinach.
0: And the Pollock paneer or sag paneer.
1: Which was fucking good as hell. It was ridiculous. I I was like, cheese with spinach? This is going to be weird. And it wasn't. Mm -hmm. It was delightful. It was delicious. The cheese was was like soft Mm -hmm. and very savory. But then the chicken dish that we had Mm -hmm. was just as equally good. So it was like... I wanted to eat more Mm -hmm. and I ate until I was full. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, well, I should probably just have like one more bite of this gravy with this chicken and this rice Mm -hmm. because I really enjoyed it. And then I was like, well, I should probably also have another half a piece of the the bread. (laughs) And then I was like, oh no, that, I don't have space for that. Yeah.
0: And then Rachel ordered gulab jamun.
1: Right. And then you, you, the, the gulab jamun, these little balls were completely you're like, oh they're they're like marinated in like rose water. Yeah, like, like rose
0: rose syrup, yeah.
1: I was like, I don't can't comprehend how that's gonna taste. Well, yeah. I'll give you a hint. Mm-hmm. It tastes like sugar heaven.
2: Yeah. It, does.
1: That, <laughs> it tasted like it tasted like the smallest, most densest donut hole mm-hmm. that had been soaked in like sugar heaven.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, and we watched, we came home because I was like, how do they make these? And we watched a couple YouTube videos. Essentially, they make like a really thick, simple syrup and then add like essence of rose uh, yeah. water or something. Um, and then they just, they fry up these dough balls with like a really thick, heavy dough They fry them up until they're perfectly little, beautiful, round whatevers and and little pieces of joy. And then they let them soak for a while in this like simple syrup so that it's completely saturated with the sweetness. And Nate, like, took one and he put the whole thing in his mouth, which is fine. I mean, you can do that. Um, But I wasn't expecting him to because I knew it was going to be like a surprise to his palate how sweet it was. And I was like, what'd you think? And he goes, My brain doesn't know what to think. Yeah, no, I I
1: honestly, I was like dumbfounded. Like it was delicious, Mm -hmm. but it was, it was like more sugar than I was used to because it's just not a thing.
0: Well, even if you eat, like, even if you were still like having a Snickers bar every other day or drinking Mountain Dew, I feel like this, the concentration of sweetness and flavor Mm -hmm. and just yumminess in a gulab jamun is still going to be a huge surprise. I will tell
1: you this much. There was no, I wasn't like, is this a dessert? It was like it was like yeah this this is a dessert and like but it became abundantly clear why there was only two of them Mm -hmm. you couldn't sit there and eat like a dozen of these
0: yeah they're not like donut holes right (laughs)
1: like this is like a you know a super sweet like post meal just like punch in the mouth Mm -hmm. and it was like dense and delightful and just kind of like melted into your mouth and it was just like my life has been lacking.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: this food, like right. this complexity. Now, for me, Indian food is not something I'd be like, ah, it's a Tuesday. Let's, uh, you know, I had Indian food on, on Monday. Let's mm-hmm. go have Indian food again. Like this, this is something that I'd want to eat. Like I eat Vietnamese food, right? Like, like, once, like
0: Once every couple months. Right,
1: it's a treat. Like this is mm-hmm. something where like, I don't want to be as full as I was again, right? But I know if I go have Indian food again, mm-hmm. I'm going to be that full again, mm-hmm. right? This is like a the end of a great night. Mm-hmm. Come home, unbuckle your, your belt, and just like you know, hibernate.
0: Right. I think the only um, kind of thing that I, I you didn't get to experience was we asked he asked us how hot we wanted it. And I, I told him medium because I wanted it to be hot, but I also wanted you to be able to taste all of the delicious flavors and not just heat. Yeah. And then he took like a look at us and he's like, okay. And then he came back and he gave us extra white people hot, which was like not hot at all. There was
1: no, there was no hot heat. That was the one thing that I could tell just by eating it Mm -hmm. like this, this is good. It's really flavorful. But I want some hot sauce. Like you know, it's like, like Yeah. There, yeah. When, when we sat down and we were eating um the the little cracker thing, mm-hmm. which I'm sorry, I can't bedroom? yeah am I c I I'm I'm having a hard time keeping them in my you know It's no, a
0: lot of new vocabulary. Yeah, I never yeah. I've
1: never I've never used these words. Mm-hmm. Um but I was like, you don't know want be really good with this like a salsa or like mm-hmm. a like a you know, I'm like this needs to be dipped in something. Right. And honestly I want to experience Indian food again but like not just like without any spice because ours had like no spice at all no
0: it was not hot at all which I think yeah like there's not a single meal we eat at home where we're not putting hot sauce on it yeah like there's I cannot think of a single thing we eat unless it's fruit and yogurt yeah, that we
1: don't put hot sauce. Yeah, that's the only sauce. thing I really I wouldn't put hot sauce on.
0: Right. So so that was the only thing that was a little disappointing. But other than that, I'm, I'm really glad that you enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I, I like Indian food, you know, maybe a couple times a year. For me, I like to eat it when it's cold outside because, you know, growing up in North America, I associate foods that are you know, like more like gravy type foods or chili foods being eaten in the winter and cold weather. So like my time of year where I like to have Indian food is, you know, October to basically March, right? I like, I think Indian food is delicious and hearty and like cold weather. And that's the kind of, you know, you don't mind coming home and being like, oh my God, when it's cold outside, right. when it's, you know, hot outside, which is funny because it's very, very hot and humid in India. <laughs>
2: right. So
0: it's kind of interesting. Um, but then things changed. So we honestly, you guys can see we're we're going to probably put a YouTube video up, uh, once we get it edited, because we did film a lot of our first impressions of these foods. And one thing that Nate's comments on is he's just kind of like almost in full on food coma sitting there. And he's like, we're going to have a very different meal tomorrow night. <laughs> and then the next day, we drove to Chicago to visit family, and we had a fantastic time. But on our way there, our first stop was Superdog. Yeah. So, so tell the people at home a little bit about why you chose Superdog and then also what a Chicago-style hot dog is.
1: So uh, the reason why I was like, hey, let's let's go to Superdog was because... Um, it was, you know, go back to this video. We were we were talking about this Bon Appetit video. And, um, you know, I, I feel like regionally, whenever somebody's talking about, like, your region, you always want to, like, you, you kind of, like, throw your support in on that. Mm-hmm. One thing I've noticed about, and this is kind of unrelated, but one thing I've noticed about Indianapolis mm-hmm. is there doesn't seem to be, like, this indie rah-rah thing about it, but Indiana as a whole mm-hmm. seems very, like obsessed with their state right Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of state pride there's a lot of pictures of the state on things and that's not so much a thing in illinois
2: Mm -hmm.
1: it's more about the chicago right Right. chicago Mm -hmm. is like where the center of pride originates most people are like fucking illinois i hate living here Mm -hmm. but they love chicago right Right. you know got chicago flag tattooed on you know on their on their body or a flag on their car so it's like
0: a cubs fan or a Sox fan right. or a bears fan there's you know? a
1: lot of city pride even right. for people that grew up in the suburbs you know there's a lot of like that pride and mm-hmm. um like i said a lot of places were and i've noticed it's started to fade away now because things are becoming more like homogenous mm-hmm. in the suburbs where it's like target chipotle mm-hmm. walmart you know like that type like every place where new development is built Mm -hmm. it's like the same shit right there's no you know chains right it's it's all chains right exactly and so a lot of the smaller like mom and pop like hot dog places and beef places are starting to fade from the suburbs right but one place where they seem to still be really prevalent is in the city
2: right
0: in
1: the city itself and so I'm watching this video and I'm like, oh yeah, I've been to that place or I've never been to that place, or, you know, but I've been to that place. And so I was kind of like trying to think like, where is a good place to mm-hmm. give Rachel a good Chicago style hot dog experience that isn't like a Portillo's mm-hmm. or like a Gene and Jude's, right? Like, like those are kind of just like the most vanilla, like, right. the, the, you know, like everybody always talks about them and super was really interesting to me because Super Dog's been open since 1948. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a Chicago staple, and it's a little bit different than a traditional Chicago style hot dog. But
0: but only in one way,
1: right? But only in in so much as it's like enough to kind of distinguish it. And for people that are unaware, Chicago Dog, again, it's been it's been open and um, I believe owned by the same owner since 1948, and it's a drive-in. So it's not a place where you can go in and sit. It's a place where you pull up and you park and, you know, they, they come and they bring your food and they hang it from your, your, your window and you eat in your car. Mm -hmm. There's a couple of like benches there that you can go to, but it has a very classic feel. And to me, I love classic, you know, the, the classic concept of like, you know, old school, I love old school stuff. I love the, the kind of like kitschiness of, you know, a drive-in, but anyways, I'd never been there. But in the video, they kind of like talked about how good this place was. And I was like, man, I really like I want to go and I want to share what I know a Chicago dog is, but I also want to like explore something new as well. So
0: which we, is awesome. Like right. we had the opportunity to do that.
1: So we we uh I, and again, I, I want to just mention growing up, there wasn't like a different type of hot dog. It was just like every dog was like this. And there are small variations on the theme, but essentially what you have is you have an all-beef dog, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: right? Some have a natural casing, some do not, but a really good one will have a natural casing, and it'll have a snap, right? So a
0: snap, when you take a bite of it, you can kind of feel like the the hot dog, not like a snap, like you're breaking a twig in half, but you can kind of feel that casing snap between your teeth when you take a bite.
1: Typically, you're going to have a poppy seed bun, mm-hmm. and it's going to be soft, steamed. Now, your hot dog could be steamed. It could be grilled. You know, it, it, that doesn't necessarily matter. Some people will have an opinion on that, but that doesn't necessarily matter. You're going to have white onions. Mm-hmm. You're going to have green relish, mm-hmm. and not just like mustard relish, but like fluorescent green relish.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You're going to have celery salt.
2: Mm-hmm. You're
1: going to have sport peppers.
2: Okay.
1: Um, you're going to have mustard, no mm-hmm. ketchup. Ketchup on a hot dog is a sacrilege. Yeah, I agree. It's not permitted. Mm-hmm. You don't do it. If you want to do it at home, that's fine. Just don't do it near me. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, sport peppers and then uh, slice of tomato. And again, certain places you go to, like they might have like a cucumber slice, but a traditional Chicago style hot dog will also have a pickle spear, a dill pickle spear. Mm-hmm. and
0: On top of the
2: yeah, hot dog. Yeah, on
1: top of the hot dog. And I think that's about it, right? That's, yeah. That's what i remember Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um and then you know of course your chicago style hot dog is always going to have fries Mm -hmm. Um, a really good place will have fries with them because Mm -hmm. like you need salty fries with your hot dog right and so like that's just how hot dogs were when i grew up they they say they call it like being drugged through the garden right Mm -hmm. because as i come to find out in my adult years that like that's not really a traditional way to create to like make a hot dog or serve a hot dog that's just really traditional for chicago right i don't know why it originated there i haven't looked into it but when i about the time that i became about 21 22 years old Mm -hmm. and i started to meet people that were friends of mine that came from like different regions of the country Mm -hmm. and i would see what they would do to their hot dogs and like (laughs) put chili on it or put ketchup on it or put mayonnaise on it and i was like you can't you know that's not right and it's Mm -hmm. I'm not super like aggressive about most things.
0: Right? Uh. I,
1: like, I, I, I feel like in most circumstances. There are some things you're very aggressive about. Right, right. right. There are some things there's like, I would say like fasciistic, like, mm-hmm. like you cannot deviate from this. It must always be this way. Mm-hmm. That's a Chicago style hot dog.
0: That's how I am about cornbread.
1: Right. And and, and that's okay, right? That's how you grew up. You, yeah. Like your cornbread, your, your fixation on that cornbread. Right. That's okay. Mm-hmm you don't want to have it any other way because that's how you were raised with it. You only know it that way.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I'm the same way with the hot dogs, right? Right. If you want to order a Chicago style hot dog and you want to like not eat the peppers, just take them off,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: right? If you don't want the pickle, you don't have to eat the pickle. If you don't want the tomato, you can just take the tomato and throw it out. That's okay. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't come any other way, but with everything on it, (laughs) it doesn't come with ketchup on it. If you want to go home, in, in like the secret darkness of your own kitchen and you want to put a ketchup packet on it, well, I'm not there to see it. So right. I can't really do anything about it. But in public, mm-hmm. with other people around, <laughs> you don't put ketchup on a hot
2: dog. Okay. <laughs>
1: so it's just, and that's just like, that's just how you develop, right. right?
0: So what made Superdog a little bit different than some of the other places? Yeah,
1: so, all right. Let me tell you a little bit about things that you'll experience when you get a Chicago-style hot dog. Unfortunately... When you get a tomato slice on a Chicago hot dog and you take that hot dog and you wrap it up in paper Mm -hmm. and sometimes with fries in the paper and you put it in a hot bag, that tomato turns into like a, turns into just like gelatinous goop. And most of the time they don't really use great quality tomatoes. So what Superdog does is they pickle the tomato. Mm -hmm. So it's like a whole additional like tartness level. And to me, that's like, you can change that little thing, right? You can Mm -hmm. tweak it. And make it like your own little unique thing. But still, you're staying within the confines of that 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 mechanism right. of what makes a Chicago-style hot dog really great.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And so, I was like, oh, this will be really cool. We'll try it out. We'll go. Because i would never been there. And I'm like, if the place has been open since 1948, it's got to be good. Right. And truth be told, it was really fantastic. It was really super. It was a little expensive. Was it? it to me, it was. So... It was like six dollars and fifty cents for a hot dog and fries, and I will I will tell you that in a like traditional like Chicago suburb neighborhood to go get like a hot dog and fries, usually you're paying about three bucks. Okay, for the same so thing. you
0: think that was more expensive because it was Superdog?
1: Yeah, I I think that you know, and more power to them, mm-hmm. right? Like that it is a little a little like it's a name that's known, right? right. Like you. Talk about Chicago style hot dogs. People are like, I'll go to Superdog. I'll go to Gene and Jude's. Uh, you know, some people live by Portillo's. Mm-hmm. That's okay. But when you go to those places, you're going to end up paying a little bit more because they can jack their prices up. Right. right. So, well,
0: I will say, I did not think it was overpriced for what I got. Right. I thought it was really good.
1: And, and that's why they can get away with charging that. Mm-hmm. The reason why I felt that it was overpriced was because growing up, you know, you could go. To any like mom and pop hot dog place, you know, we had a place where I grew up called like Michael's or something, right? There's always Mm -hmm. a Michael's a place we we went to when I was growing up was called Michael A's and it's gone. It's been torn down, but you know, you could get like, they'd have lunch specials that were like two hot dogs and fries for six bucks Mm. with a Coke, you know? So like, like you get used to kind of like that concept. And if you're not from the area and you go there, you're like, oh, man, I got this really great meal. It only cost me like seven bucks, whatever. Right. But we got there and we ordered and I was like, well, I'm going to get two hot dogs. Yeah. Because you can't eat just one hot dog. Yeah. You can eat just one hot dog. Yeah. But you, you can't really just eat one hot dog.
0: Right. Well, I so, yeah, I kind of was giving Nate some shit because we pulled into the drive through and it was like a traditional drive through. It had been a little rainy that evening um and so we didn't want to get out and sit on the benches because it they were wet so we ate in the car like drive-through style driving style and he was like i'm gonna get two hot dogs i'm like are you sure because last night you were hemming and Han and like you couldn't you were saying like oh i can eat all this indian food and then like you got home and you were just about to sleep on the couch at like 7:30. Right. i was like are you sure you want to get two hot dogs and he's like baby I can eat two hot dogs. And you could.
1: I So I misjudged the Indian food. Right. right. It was the rice. Because I didn't have the experience. I didn't. I'd never swam in those waters before. Right, right. So I didn't know how bad the current was going to be. Mm-hmm. The current was fucking bad. Yeah. <laughs> but hot dogs. Yeah. You know, Chicago style hot dogs. I've been swimming in that current for a long time. Right. And I was like, even if I can't eat two hot dogs, I'm going to eat two hot dogs. <laughs> and of course, I could eat two hot dogs. But. I was like, let's get some more food, take it to the parents' house. And then mm-hmm. when we get to my parents' house, we'll have a little snacky snack.
2: Yeah. Well,
1: so I knew. I was like, all right, I'm good with these two hot dogs and these fries. But when we got on the road, mm-hmm. like 40 minutes later, I was more full than when I had started. Yeah. Right? Because I haven't had fries. Yeah. I haven't had the buns and like all the other shit that goes along with it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so here's a funny little thing that I remember, too. I, when we were going there, Rachel was like, "I'm just gonna get mine without a bun," and I was like, "No, you're not." She's <laughs> <laughs> like what, what? And I was like, "No, no, you need like you, you just get. We'll just go to the store and we'll just get some like ballparks, right. you know, and you can just eat those like like fish sticks." Mm-hmm. You you need like unfortunately there are some meals where you have to go. I need to sacrifice a little to enjoy this. Right. Like, there's probably places out there where you couldn't. Like, I think Five Guys hamburgers, like they're obviously they're not the greatest hamburger, but I feel like eating them without the bun, you're sacrificing a little something, yeah. you know? That Polish sausage that you got,
2: mm-hmm.
1: part of that is the bun, right? oh, yeah. that onion bun yeah. is part of it. The grilled onions, the onion bun. Without it, it's just a sausage, mm-hmm. right? You know, like, we, we cooked some food for the parents over the weekend, and I got some brats, and I got some uh, some Polish sausage. But they were just, like, brats and a Polish sausage. They were just kind of, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. And those, I was like, you can eat these without the bun all day, mm-hmm. right? You could eat some ballpark franks without a bun. Mm-hmm. You could chop them up, dip them in mustard. But, like, the mechanism of the hot dog is the bun and it carrying everything. And... You know, in this circumstance, this is a bad meal. You might right. as well just go all in. So
0: you kind of have kind of waxed poetic about the wonders of the Chicago-style yeah. hot dog. Would you like to hear what I think? I,
1: I would absolutely like to hear what you think. I apologize for... Don't apologize.
0: No, it's like, I mean, it's a big part mm. of your... Like, it's a flavor of your childhood, right? Yeah. So, yeah. um, you know, I could... If, if it had been cornbread instead of Indian food, I would still be talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe someday I'll have another podcast, just like Rachel's Cornbread Hour, and then everyone <laughs> will understand how passionate I am about Rachel's grandma's cornbread. This week on Rachel's
1: Cornbread Hour, we tried chili <laughs> with the cornbread. <laughs>
0: exactly. Um, but anyway, so mm-hmm. um, we roll up, we get the hot dog. It comes in like this adorable little box, and it's got the crinkle cut fries next to it. So I'm like, yeah, crinkle cut fries. And I see the hot dog. And it's, uh, it's just as Nathan describes it, and it's heavy. It's heavy because of all of the water-rich, all of the stuff that's on it that has a high water content like your pickle, your tomato, your relish. And um, I'm like, okay. And I take a bite out of it, and it's like, it's a lot going on, there's a lot going on. Like the bun was really soft and, and even flavorful. I could definitely pick up the, it was a celery salt. Mm-hmm. I could pick that up and the relish and then the pickle on top of it and the sport peppers added a nice kick and it was so many flavors and he asked me he's like what do you think of the hot dog and I was like to be honest I can't really taste or or he asked me about the snap and I was like if I'm honest I can't really tell because there's so much stuff on this hot dog and it was really good I ate the whole thing. Um, I kind of did want more. I wanted another one, but I was too full. I knew I wouldn't be able to eat it. Um, because like I love the flavor. So I love vinegary things. I love pickled things. And so it was right up my alley. When I get a hot dog, um, when I have a hot dog and I usually a couple times a year during the summer, you go to a barbecue and you have a hot dog. I put mustard on it. I'll put, um, some chopped up onions if they're there, um, Sometimes, if there's, like, chili, I'll right. put that on the hot dog. <clears throat> that's that's how I eat my hot dogs, right? right? So, I really like mustard. I put mustard on a lot of things, yeah. actually. So, I love vinegar stuff. Which so. I, I feel like
1: is one reason why I really like you. Oh, Like, anybody, to me, mustard is like... And, and when I say mustard, I mean, like, bright yellow American mustard, right? right? Just fluorescent leave it out for six weeks it'll always be the same yellow mustard Mm -hmm. i love yellow mustard Mm -hmm. and anybody that like can extol the virtues of yellow mustard i really like
0: i like yellow mustard i like really all kinds of mustard i've not met a mustard i didn't like you give me like a big soft german pretzel and some mustard oh some good quality mustard Ooh, that's. I'm, I'm a happy girl. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, uh, you know, it wasn't an unfamiliar flavor profile for me for a hot dog. Yeah. My only criticism, and this could just be maybe we need to go to a different place, is I wanted a bigger hot dog. Yeah. Like, I wanted, if I'm gonna eat a hot dog and it's gonna have a lot of stuff on it, I want to taste yeah. the hot dog. I wanna be able to appreciate the snap. So, Even though there was a lot of food in my hand as I was eating it and the pickle and everything and I liked it and it was really, really good, I wanted wanted more meat. I wanted a bigger hot dog.
1: So to kind of bounce off of what you're saying, mm-hmm. um, I, I enjoyed everything about it, right? It was a very traditional, mm-hmm. classic Chicago-style hot yeah. dog. But I
0: liked it. I just could have used a bit more hot dog.
1: So one criticism that I have for it, and I think it's something that, that they think is a virtue, mm-hmm. is everything was jammed in the same box. Yeah. I actually don't like that.
0: Which is a cute concept.
1: Right. It is, it is a very cute, like, kitschy kind mm-hmm. of thing that they do, and that's fine, but... I would prefer in the traditional sense, there's always those hot dogs are always wrapped in like a wax paper and the fries are separate. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I want them separate is because I want to be able to pick up my hot dog with all the stuff on it Mm -hmm. and eat it. Mm -hmm. Right. With this, like I had to eat fries out of the way and then kind of like dig the hot dog out. Right. And I don't like that. I, I like what you're what you're talking about, like a bigger hot dog. There's places that do that. Mm-hmm. Right? And and so I don't have a problem with that, but like what I wanna be able to do is I wanna be able to eat everything together without having to dig a bunch of shit out of it. Yeah. Like, I want the option to like eat my fries and put ketchup near my fries
0: without tainting without the hot dog. Tainting
1: my hot dog. Now, one other thing that I wanna say too, because I may have expressed that like I'm like, there's no room for any deviation from this hot dog. I have to articulate something because what you said, you said about, like, the picnic, mm-hmm. I think is a different scenario. Mm-hmm. If you are with friends, family, loved ones, work relations, and you're at a picnic, mm-hmm. you're in your backyard, and and you, you're cooking hot dogs and sausages and whatever, and somebody makes your condiments, you don't have to have a Chicago-style hot dog.
2: Right. It's
1: okay if you want to put, like, regular relish and onions and ketchup and mustard on your hot dog. That's okay. A picnic is okay. Mm -hmm. But if you are opening a hot dog stand, Mm -hmm. you go to a restaurant to eat a hot dog Mm -hmm. in Chicago, Mm -hmm. and that restaurant puts ketchup on it, or you put ketchup on that hot dog, that's where the sacrilege is. Gotcha. You know, if I'm having a fucking Ballpark Frank or I'm having, you know, just a whatever generic hot dog, I love hot dogs. Mm -hmm. I love them. They're like one of my favorite things. I like pork, chicken, mystery meat hot dogs. Mm -hmm. I like all beef hot dogs. I like hot dogs. Mm -hmm. But there's like a time and a place, right?
0: Didn't your mom tell me that you won some little award when you were a little boy for eating hot dogs? I was a
1: savage hot dog consumer as a child. Um, There is somewhere there's like a newspaper article with me, like with a hot dog in my mouth Mm -hmm. and my hands up because... Um, you know, in my time, I was a big eater. I was like, I could just keep putting it away. But
0: you weren't like a fat little kid. No, no, I wasn't. You just were like one of those kids that had like a hollow leg. Yeah.
1: So, <laughs> so what happened to me was at one point uh, or another, when I was young, I, I was I could eat just like I could keep eating. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't like gain any weight. I wouldn't get unhealthy. I'd just pack it away. Mm-hmm. And then I like turned a different age. And then like I got fat. <laughs> But like my eating habits didn't change. Right. And so it wasn't until like in my late 30s where I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. let's pump the brakes. Let's change the dietary habits. Let's eat reasonable. It's what you do. You know, you get to a point where you're like, oh, shit, I'm not a kid anymore. I can't eat the way that I used to. This is a
0: pretty good transition. So if you want to talk a little bit about what we've been doing for the past month, but let me kind of put a disclaimer out there. Like we are not giving dietary advice to anybody. Yeah. If anybody wants to change their diet or change the, the way that they're eating or anything in your lifestyle, you need to talk to your doctor about the healthy way for you to do it because yeah. everybody's physiology is different. Everybody leads a different life. And so none, nothing that you hear going forward or previously
1: <laughs> we should, not should be, be taken as
0: it. medical advice. Right. Absolutely not. Talk to your doctor if you want to make a diet change. Um, Nate, about a year ago, little a little less than a year ago, Went and saw the doctor. Yeah. Doctor kind of gave him some, like, hey, things are going down quick. And well, you need to make some changes. What
1: the doctor said, uh, and I'll, I'll, like, vaguely quote her. She said, you're obese. And if you don't make serious changes, you're going to get diabetes. And you're going to get sick. And then you're going to die. Right. And um, she didn't say it in a flowery way. She said it very bluntly. Mm-hmm. You're obese. You're, like... 80 pounds heavier than you should be.
2: Right.
1: And you're going to get sick very soon if you don't start making changes. And I was like, oh, wow, that's weird that someone with like a medical, like mm-hmm. like a doctorate would like tell me a thing. So I should probably take their advice. And that sounds like really shitty. But here's the thing. Most people, mm-hmm. they go see the doctor. The doctor tells them like, this is what you need to do. And they go, eh, I don't want to. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to make that change. It's too hard. I don't care. Right. And people get sick. Mm-hmm. And people get illnesses that um, debilitate, that are debilitating and they, they die. You know, yeah. they get unhealthy, they get sick. They, they have they a lose poor quality limbs. of life. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I really had been feeling poorly. I'd been feeling This was very around terrible.
0: the time we first started dating. Yeah. yeah.
1: And, you know, I was a heavy smoker. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I was consuming A lot of sugar in my diet. I was drinking a lot of soda. But I had this mentality like, I don't eat that unhealthy. You know, it's just uh, everybody kind of eats this way. It's no big deal. I'm not that big. And like, you know, we went back to my parents this weekend. And like I saw pictures of me from like 2004. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, I was fucking fat then. Like I didn't realize it. You know, you don't realize it until you start making these changes. So what I did was I went, okay. I need to make changes, but I don't really know how, mm-hmm. but I know, I know what is unhealthy. Mm-hmm. I know the things that I do eat. And the doctor was also like, here's some, here's a list of some things you need to stop consuming mm-hmm. because they're just making you gain weight. <clears throat> and it was pastas. Mm-hmm. It was rice. It was like food that's high in carbs and, and, and foods that are highly processed. Mm-hmm. So basically junk food. Right. Like, the way that I ate was, like, I'd come home from work, and I'd throw a box of pasta in the water and throw some sauce on it, and I'd just eat until I was fucking comatose. Mm -hmm.
0: And that was after a day of drinking several Mountain Dews, of smoking, of eating maybe some candy here and there. So
1: I I actually, um, without really realizing it, like, I got into energy drinks very very heavily, Mm -hmm. and I was drinking, like, Mountain Dew Kickstarts. I was drinking, like, two of the 16-ounce cans at breakfast, <clears throat> and then I was, uh, did I say eating? I was drinking two, mm-hmm. like, after I would get off work. Mm-hmm. So I was drinking four of those throughout the day.
0: That's, I don't know how many calories. That's probably like 800 a lot, calories right, of sugar. Right.
1: And then, like, in the middle of the day, I'd get, like, a coffee, you know, like a Dunkin' Donuts, like a large coffee with cream and sugar. And so, like, that's a lot of sugar and calories, too. But then, like, an average day lunch would mm-hmm. be, like, Panda Express like, orange chicken and, and noodles and, you know, uh, an egg roll. Right. Uh, or, like, for breakfast, it'd be, like, a donut or, like, a, you know, like, a fucking, uh, like, a croissant. You know, mm-hmm. it's, like, something with, like, eggs. and So, like, I was consuming a great deal of calories without really realizing it.
2: Because mm-hmm.
1: I was just eating and drinking soda all day
2: mm-hmm.
1: and eating, like, high-carb, like, high-sugar, you know, Burgers and fries and shit a lot of fried food a lot of junk food like Mm -hmm. I just ate a
0: lot of junk food So you cut all that out slowly over a couple months. You lost quite a bit of weight Yeah, then you kind of were like, okay, I've lost weight. I've made some positive changes. You know, you didn't diet. You didn't count calories. You just kind of cut out all the shit and started upping, you know, your fresh fruits and vegetables. Well, that was
1: one of the things that the doctor had said. She was like, if you think it's time to eat a potato, don't. (laughs) Have a sweet potato instead. Yeah. If you have to eat out, if you have to eat fast food, eat a salad. Mm -hmm. Eating a a shitty salad is better for you than eating a a healthy hamburger and fries. Right. right. right? Because there's no such thing. Mm -hmm. like." You add the bread, add the salt, add the fat from the oil, mm-hmm. you know, add how it's prepared, add all the processed shit. You know, if you got to eat out and the, my lifestyle really kind of like I didn't have a choice but to eat out. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, I do have a choice and I can make it. Right. And so it, I had to prioritize. Right. One thing that I can say, and again, this is just general advice. If you want to make a change to how you eat. You have to say, I need to change my priority so that how I eat is important. Mm -hmm. If you say, I don't have time to do this. I don't have the ability to do this. I can't calorie count. I can't go to the grocery store. You Mm can't. You just have to give up something else you you honestly have to like give up something so that
0: brings up an interesting point so you you made some positive changes and eating a little healthier did cost a little bit more Mm -hmm. but then after you kind of were in two months and you had made some changes you're like i'm gonna quit smoking which was amazing yeah so you quit smoking you ended up saving a lot of money by doing that and that made some of making these more expensive food choices a little bit easier so we'll fast forward a little bit to, you know, Nate actually starts working out and exercising in a way that's good for his heart under the care of his doctor or the advice of his doctor, whatever. And eventually we move in together and I'm a very healthy eater. Um, and you know, Nate at this point is an extremely healthy eater and a very good cook. Well, about the time he moved in, I'm not sure if I put on muscle mass or if I was just eating more because he is a great cook and I was having trouble with self-control, even though he's very like cooking very healthy meals, I probably was eating a higher quantity of calories than I had before. Um, And so, so I was also training pretty heavily at that time and I'm not sure where the weight gain came from, but it was circa around the time that he moved in. And one thing I also started to notice is I'm um, getting like pretty sore a lot easier nowadays. Like, I'm, you know, I'm a, well, I'm a woman in my mid 30s. Like, things are changing. Maybe there's some arthritis starting to set in here and there. And so I started looking for ways, things I could do in my diet. I was looking online. I was just like, is there anything I can do besides just cramming Advil down my face after practice to kind of help with these things, you know, doing some more stretches, whatever? And I actually came across. An MMA fighter, which I'm nowhere near the level of athleticism of an MMA fighter or skill. But he was on the Joe Rogan podcast and he was talking about the fasting diet. And it was right around this time where Nate kind of hit a plateau. And he wasn't able to lose any more weight, even though he was exercising a lot, even though he had made a lot of positive changes. But he still needed to lose. So He probably still needed to lose like 30 pounds. To give you an
1: indication of like uh, how much weight I lost. So I went from September until like May, Mm -hmm. right? With the dietary change, then the working out. And I went from 260, Mm
2: -hmm. at
1: my heaviest, and got all the way down to 200. Right. And my goal was I wanted to get to, like, the ideal weight for my, my height and, you know, like, mm-hmm. the, the general, like, I think it's, like, around, like, between 160 and 180. Right. I don't think that I, I think I would look weird and creepy at, like, 160.
0: You'd look like, so, yeah, that's what you weighed when you were 17. Yeah. You're right. not going you know. to.
1: I, I, I would be physically satisfied with being at 180. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe, you know, I'm a little, I got a little bit of meat on my bones, but I don't look sickly. Mm-hmm. Well, I hit that 200 mark and it didn't matter what I did. Like I was working out more. I was like eating less. I was trying to eat more healthy mm-hmm. and I could not get below 200
0: pounds. Right. So about this time where I'm like, oh, I'm having some joint pain. Oh, I've put on two pounds, which, you know, who the fuck cares? is two pounds. Get over it, Rachel. And I was like, I don't want to gain any weight because, you know, my boyfriend's moved in and everyone always says when you start dating someone new, you gain weight because you go out to eat all the time, even though we weren't really going out to eat. And so I kind of came across this MMA fighter talking about the fasting diet, and I looked into that more. I won't like explain it in heavy detail, but basically, you you fast for a certain number of hours of the day, and you don't eat anything. You don't consume any calories. You don't consume any calories. Nathan forgot how to drink water. I don't Every know Every time why. he takes a drink of water, he starts choking. Yeah. You're just like so excited to get that water yeah, in yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm waiting to see if he's going to choke again. Mm-hmm. You're good. Okay. So anyway, which <laughs> you know, you basically spend a certain amount of hours of the day where you don't consume any calories. You just drink water or black coffee or tea. And then you have like a feeding window where during a certain amount of time during the day you <coughs> eat, right? And if you're like me and you're already in really good shape and you're not trying to cut really or lose a lot of weight, you just kind of eat the normal amount of calories that you would for your body size, right? Um, And if you're – and, you know, Nate's the same way. So he didn't really change the types of foods he was eating. He didn't really change what he was eating. He just kind of changed the time that he was eating. Instead of eating throughout the day, like eating as soon as he woke up and then pretty much until he went to bed – over that 12, 15, 16-hour period, he shortened it down to like eight hours. And so we'll let you go do your research, go talk to your doctor right. about how and why this might be a good thing. But your doctor had mentioned this diet yeah. to you last year when you saw her, and you were kind of like, I- I've got so many changes to well, make, I'm not going to like whatever.
1: Yeah, so I mean, part of the reason why I kind of was like intermittent fasting, like I, I had heard mm-hmm. – um, through like my brief, vague investigation into like proper eating, like I had heard of intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. My inter- intermittent fasting doesn't work. Like, you you know, it's going to like blood sugar. Like, you know, it's that it, people need to eat three times a day. People need to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And so I kind of disregarded it. I was just like, you know, I'm just going to change my diet and I'm going to lose and weight.
0: And that did work. You lost yeah. a lot of weight. You felt yeah. better.
1: I, I definitely lost a lot of weight, but what we are able to kind of suss out is there's a there's a limit like mm-hmm. diet and exercise will only get you so far and it's like recidivism right a lot of people that are are obese that try to make these changes they get to a certain point where they plateau mm-hmm. and they they just start gaining weight
2: back right
1: because your body it gets used to being obese yeah and, and essentially you've been that way for so long that your body's like, well, we need to get back there. That's where we're supposed to be. Right. And so like when you at first discussed intermittent fasting, I was kind of like, mm, I don't know. I was a little right. skeptical.
0: And the reason I was doing it was like, I wanted to kind of trim up and maybe lose this couple of pounds. I wanted to see if it made any difference in the way I felt with my joint pain. And, you know, I had heard some other things. I was like, I'll try it. I'm a healthy person. I'll go ahead and give it a try. I'm not saying anybody should try it. You talk to your doctor before you do anything. Right. Um, there are some people who definitely shouldn't be fasting. Yeah. Um, so talk to your doctor. This is not medical advice. But that's why I did it. And Nate was kind of like, maybe I'll try it. Maybe yeah. I won't.
1: Well, I, I like the idea of just going, hey, you know what? I'm going to support Rachel in what she's doing. And I'm going to make it easier for her by also doing it. Right? I'm not going to get it hurt. Like, oh, what am I going to be a little hungry? Like, I'm not losing out on anything. And for the first week, I was like this fucking sucks. Right. I was like, this, this is like, I'm fuzzy headed and I'm angry and snippy. And then I noticed something happened after that. And that was, I wasn't foggy headed or snippy. And I had no issue waiting until two o'clock to eat. And in fact, like I could go even longer than that. And what you learn is like, you're think about the caveman, right? The caveman didn't have the ability to sit down and eat every three hours right they just didn't have that ability so there comes a point in time like i'm not eating less calories maybe increment like just vaguely less calories Mm -hmm. but i just i'm just eating through a period of time Mm -hmm. and then there's like science that happens i don't know the science (laughs) but i know that i've experienced weight loss since starting this. so
0: we've been doing this about three and a half weeks how much weight have you lost
1: uh, give or take seven pounds,
0: seven pounds in three and a half weeks. You haven't really changed. You, you, you eat very healthy. You yeah. don't eat processed food. You don't eat junk food. No. You eat very healthy.
1: Except when we go to Chicago, well, and hot dogs. yeah, there's like a,
0: an exception to the <laughs> yeah. rule, right? Like you can't live your life always yeah. dieting. Yeah. Um, but you eat very healthy. You don't really eat anything processed. You don't drink sugary drinks. You'd already made those changes. Yeah. And just by changing the Instead of eating all day, you kind of compressed what you would normally eat into about eight hours. Right. You lost seven pounds. Yeah. You said that you, you did have some positive mental kind of like less yeah, fogginess.
1: Yeah. So, so after, after your brain kind of realizes like, oh, we're not going to be eating right when we wake up, it's like, all right, I'll chill. And you become a little bit more sharp, mm-hmm. right? You, you don't feel fuzzy headed. You don't feel angry. You don't feel like, you know, like the world is going to end because those are all symptoms of your brain going like we need this food. But your body's like, we don't like we're cool. Mm -hmm. We can survive. Like you have stores of energy called fat and we can tap into those. So we're good. It's Mm -hmm. just your brain. That's like, give me the sensation of the eat. Mm -hmm. Give me the reward. I want the reward. And eventually your brain's like, okay. Right. That's the thing. Like people have difficulties Mm -hmm. dealing with, their brain telling them you can't do things, right? Mm-hmm. Like or you have to do things. Like your brain doesn't know shit. Mm-hmm. It just knows it wants reward. and if it gives you sensations, you'll often give it reward, right? Like that was the big thing with smoking. Mm-hmm. Smoking is like first you're you're addicted to nicotine. right. And once you get past like that addictive part of the nicotine. When you're quitting? Right. when you're quitting, And you've gotten past the dependency on the nicotine, Mm -hmm. then you have to go, I'm in control here, not my brain's little bitchy signals. Mm -hmm. Once you do that, it becomes much easier. But Mm -hmm. that's the challenge for most people. And it's fucking hard. It's super
2: hard.
0: So I'll say for me, you know, did it the same amount of time. I did lose a couple pounds um, but not, I didn't lose, you know, seven pounds like Nate did. But to be honest, I didn't really need to lose a lot of weight. I don't need to lose any weight. Um, I'm pretty healthy, fit, active. Um, don't, I, I, I'm, I'm good. I don't need to lose weight. Um, I will say my joints don't hurt any less.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, the, the clear-headedness and versus foggy-headedness, I, I have, I haven't noticed that. But what I can say is that at the exact same time that I started kind of eating this way, I changed my schedule at work that I have to be there much, much earlier in the morning. And um, that has not been an issue. Previously, that was always an issue. I was groggy all day afterwards. I would be just Unhappy and miserable. I'd be groggy on the drive to work. I've not had that problem, and I I don't know if it's because of the the the, the fasting or what yeah. it could be, um, or it could just be completely unrelated. Um, but I, maybe I'm sleeping better at night because I, I'm you know I'm exercising and I'm eating healthy. Who knows? But um yeah, so unlike Nate, I've not seen the same results. But I don't really need to see the same results. Right. I don't have. 20 pounds to lose you know I have like maybe five pounds to lose and here's
1: the thing like I don't I wouldn't even say that what I'm doing is advocating for it because Mm -hmm. like I don't know right I know that I was I was basically I hit a wall
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and now I've been doing this for about a month Mm -hmm. and it seems like there's momentum but you can't tell shit after
2: a month month, right yeah
1: all I can tell you is that so far it's been essentially what's been what what I've read, what's been presented, and, and some of the like scientific argument for mm-hmm. it, I've experienced.
0: Yeah, so what I'll say is is I think it's an interesting thing. You should definitely ask your doctor about it if you're considering it. Um, don't go off and do some any kind of radical diet change no, a, no, without definitely. without talking to a physician. Um, but, uh, you know, as Nate was like, oh, Rachel's going to try this. I'll do it to support her. Since I've not really seen any noticeable results, it's something I could continue doing or I could stop doing. I'm kind of at the point where being a little bit hungry here and there doesn't bother me anymore, and I can, you know, I don't mind the fasting. Um, but since he's seeing good results from it, I want to support him. Yeah. So I'll continue to do it as long as he thinks that it's of value to him and he wants yeah. to keep doing it. And it's, it's, it's easier, like, whenever – If you um, and your partner uh, or just even friends, you know, if you live with roommates, it's always easier to make these changes together. Like even when you were smoking, Mm -hmm. would have been a lot harder to quit smoking if you had a roommate that also smoked, Mm -hmm. right? Like someone, like if you had a a smoking buddy who lived with you, right? Which I think that was one of the things that sometimes your mom will kind of comment on like your father still smokes, but your mom yeah. had to quit because she was having health issues. Yeah, And actually today was her three year anniversary from quitting yeah. smoking. So, so that's very awesome. Good for her. But yeah, so, so if you're, if you and your partner, you know, feel like you need to make a lifestyle change and start eating more healthy, you know, definitely go talk to your doctor and find yeah. out about the best way to do that for you.
1: So, yeah, I, I mean, my pe- one piece of advice would be, you know, don't wait until you don't have a choice. You know, like make positive changes and and do it while you still have the opportunity to have like a good quality of life, good health. You know, like nobody, nobody here in the world like, like, okay. so there are people that are like, you should be like Buff McGuff. You should look like, you know, fucking Mr. Ripped or Mrs. Ripped. Like, you don't have to be that. Mm -hmm. Like, just be healthy. And one of the key things for me was changing my perspective on food right? We went and we did a thing. We had an event and that's why we ate kind of like the way that we ate. And, but also like looking at food and going, food's not like a reward. Food is like what you need to survive. And if you stop looking at it from the perspective of it being a reward or it being a social activity and being like more fuel, for me, it was easier to just go like, I need to eat because I need to survive. Mm -hmm. I need gas for the car. It's not, so much like a reward like it used to be for me i'd get off work and i'd be like i need to have this because now it's my reward i want to feel better i want to have the mm-hmm. the hostess cakes and the fucking mountain dew you don't need to do that yeah F- replace it with something that's positive right and it's a, it's hard it's it's hard to be like do yeah. this and this will it, like no everything is hard
0: there's nothing in this life worth doing or dedicating your time to that's easy right in my opinion and nothing for sleeping and even that's not always easy nothing (laughs) about
1: being in shape or being healthy is going to be easy but everyone should come to a point where they go i need to do this because i need to feel better like that's the thing once you get to the point where you start feeling better and you start feeling good about yourself and you start feeling good like physically Mm -hmm. you know you're not out of breath all the time like you start to go oh shit this is what i've been missing being unhealthy and living an unhealthy lifestyle sort of tricks you into thinking that that's what you need like you you can only survive being an an unhealthy Mm -hmm. and yeah it's so it's like you want to you want to make the changes you have to make those changes but it's going to be hard right and you're going to have to bust ass but once you do you'll realize like it was for a yeah. worthwhile cause. Would you
0: say you've made a lot of these positive changes? Um, d- would you say that if anyone wanted to, they could do it as long, you know, like, w- I mean, like, would it be like safe to say, like, if I can do it, anybody can do it? Or what's your perspective the on that? The only
1: thing that stands between you and feeling better about your yourself physically mm-hmm. is yourself. Mm-hmm. I firmly believe that we are our only obstacle. Now maybe handicapped like you might have like a something that physically stops you mm-hmm. and i don't want to take anything away from people who like physically can't right but for most of us we don't because we make excuses right we don't make changes because it's easier not to it's easier to tell ourselves that like oh this is like i can't do this like you can you you just you need to get to the point where you tell yourself i can do this like every Every reason is just a wall you are climbing up and creating for yourself. Like mm-hmm. don't stand in your own way. Tell yourself, find the reason why you have to. Right. That's that's what that's what worked for me. Like mm-hmm. I was the guy who was like, I don't want to work out. Fuck this. I like being this way. And I was just like, I don't want to die. Right. I don't, you know, I I've, I've seen where an unhealthy lifestyle leads and I was mm-hmm. like, that's not where I don't want to give up. Right. I'm better than that. So I need to make these changes and be strong. Like we're all strong. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: We just need to realize we're strong Mm -hmm. in order to be that way. And like you hear a lot of people who are like athletes and like really physically fit who were like, stop bullshitting yourself, go do it. Mm -hmm. And you find out like once you start doing it, you're like, oh, they're right.
2: Yeah.
1: Like excuses are just reasons you give yourself not to do something. Mm -hmm. Start giving yourself reasons why you have to.
0: Right. And, and we're not sitting here trying to lecture no. anyone or be, you know, preachy. No. Um, but it's like you see Nate and I walking down the street. We're pretty normal looking people. We're yeah. not like athletes. We're just people who want to have a good quality of life. And part of that as mm. you get older is eating healthier and exercising. So right. we would encourage everybody to talk with your doctor. If you're not already, you know, living a healthier lifestyle, figure out yeah. the best way for you to do it. Um, but we'll... Are you cool with wrapping up the podcast yeah, here? well, and
1: I just want to say one other thing. Like, I don't mean to be shitting on anybody, but um, the only reason I'm so, like, blunt about it is because anybody that feels as bad as I felt mm-hmm. should feel as good as I feel now. Oh, and, yeah. And 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 you can get there if you start giving yourself reasons why you have to do it. Mm-hmm. You have to get up every day and work out. You have to change the way that you eat. And the things that you're consuming that are are sort of... Giving you that temporary pleasure those are poisons that are killing you Mm -hmm. and if you go you know what i'm not going to consume that poison i'm going to drink water (laughs) (laughs) like you'll start to see changes both in your emotions your life the way that you feel Mm -hmm. the quality of the life that you live
0: so it's not just that's i mean i don't want to like drown out on this but like when we first started dating you would just have headaches all the time.
1: Oh, my God. You
0: would have migraines so bad you had to call into work. Right. And probably a lot of that was from dehydration, from drinking so much soda, and probably from smoking, yeah. and probably from eating so much preservatives, and just all this stuff that's not good for you. Mm-hmm. And like when we started dating a year ago, you texted me a picture one day while I was at work, and I freaked out because it was a picture of you sitting in the urgent care with a mask on your face because you had bronchitis really bad. Yeah. And you called me later that night and we were talking and I heard like the psh, psh in the background. And I was like, are you fucking smoking right now? And you're mm-hmm. like, don't judge me. And you were so addicted to cigarettes that even though you'd had a bronchitis exa- exacerbation at work and had to go to urgent care, you were smoking cigarettes later that night. Yeah, That was a year ago. And now, and a year later, you've quit smoking. You don't have headaches all the time. You don't feel gross like shit right. inside. You have yet to have any kind of upper respiratory infection this year. Like so many.
1: Well, and then, and then the other thing too, like I have psoriasis mm-hmm. and like the my flare-ups have decreased. Like they haven't gone away. Right. And they never will. Right. But like my body is able to like more concentrate on not being fucked up from that
2: mm-hmm.
1: because I'm not just like throwing poison. In my head, Mm -hmm. you know, just cigarettes and soda and shit, you know, it's like your, your health is going to get better Mm -hmm. because you're feeding it like not a bunch of preservatives and, and, you know, complex carbohydrates and sugars and things that you aren't meant to digest. Right. And everyone should have a better quality of life. Right. And if you tell yourself that you can't have it, all you're doing is making excuses for yourself. You need to find whatever it is that urges you to have a better quality of life for you because you'll feel better. And that's all I have to say about it. Like, do whatever you want. I don't care how anybody looks. mm -hmm. Looks aren't the issue. I I love people that are big and fat. Mm -hmm. I love people that are tiny and skinny. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I just want people to have like a good life and feel good and be healthy. And to know that if, if my fucking excuse making ass can do it, everybody else can.
0: Well, so we played hooky from our healthy eating this weekend. We had some delicious Indian food. We have some amazing Chicago-style hot dogs. And I said it to you, and I'll say it again on the podcast. If I had to choose, like, one meal to eat again, I would choose the hot dogs. I love Mm -hmm. Indian food. It's really tasty. But, you know, growing up in America, being a Midwestern girl, I love a good hot dog. So I'm excited to have hot dogs again with you sometime. I'm excited to have Indian food with you again sometime. I'm glad we were able to share something with each other. Right. And I'm glad we were able to talk a little bit about how we try to not always eat that way and why eating that way was so special right. um, and like a fun experience. So uh, again, not to be preachy and I'll just put another disclaimer out there. None of this was medical advice. Please consult your physician before you make any kind of dietary changes.
1: Right. All right. Cool. Well, thank you, Rachel. Uh, it was a pleasure to do a podcast with you. It's always uh, a pleasure. And we'll talk to all of you next time.
2: Bye, guys. Bye.
0: Hey, folks, this is Rachel from UtilityMuffinLabs.com. If you enjoyed the Playing Hookie podcast, think about supporting us. For more podcasts, art, videos, and gaming, go to UtilityMuffinLabs.com. Follow our podcast on Twitter, at Hooky Podcast. On Instagram and Facebook, at our Utility Muffin Labs name. And support us on YouTube, at Utility Muffin Labs. Check out our other gaming-related podcasts, 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade, and the Nerd Words podcast. Thank you all for your support. Utility Muffin Labs, consistently rated adequate.